My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Last week, it looked like New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was going to dig the heels of his little Italian loafers in and refuse to resign. Then our US correspondent Marion McKeown explained exactly how absurd and outrageous the scenario had become. And on last week's Irishman in America podcast, and what do you know, Cuomo is gone. Coincidence, that's not for me to say, but something definitely changed in the interim, Marion. Marion joins me here again to discuss the sequence of events that led to this so-called street fighter throwing in the towel after attempting to obstruct ignore and evade the absolutely bleeding obvious from the word go. Marion, where do you even begin with this? Well, I'd like to think, Charlotte, that he was listening into your podcast and thought, okay, right, that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I've got, it's possible. <laughs> but I, unfortunately, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because Cuomo has been around, he's been in politics for over 40 years. When he was in his early 20s, in between you know, doing the muscle car thing and the mechanic thing and all that. He was managing his father, Mario Cuomo's election campaigns. And anybody who spent more than five minutes in New York knows who Mario Cuomo is because he's like this sort of patron saint in a weird way of New York. He's, and he was a very flawed character himself, but he's held up about as all that was noble and great and gracious and erudite in, in New York politics. And God knows New York politics tend to revolve around two words and one is F and the other is U. So, you know, it's so a belligerent place for politics. It's it's a bloodbath on a good day. And so I think Cuomo was seen as somebody who rose above the fray. And that was who Andrew Cuomo, you know, the, the same, you know, daddy issues probably as George W. Bush had, etc., that he wanted to be his father, but be better than him. And so I think that was part of his thing was his, his father was a three term governor. And by God, he was going to be a four term. So I think that was one of the things where he wasn't going to quit. He wasn't going to quit because he had scores to settle and business to do. And all also, he believed his own hype. Like he really believes, you know what he was. And I was talking to a friend about this. Um, we, were, we were having dinner last night, a couple of friends. I was going that in a way we're all getting into this area where we we have to be careful. There is nuance in everything. And, you know, Cuomo has behaved appallingly, absolutely appallingly as a governor in fostering the whole sexual harassment environment in his office, in the toxic workplace, in the way that he would retaliate against women who made complaints, in the way that he thought he was almost doing women a favour by paying them unwanted attention, that they should be delighted that the great Andrew Cuomo would, would deem to flirt with them as he saw it. In fact, he was harassing them. He wasn't flirting with mm. them. But then you think that 
there, there's the media is going from zero to 60, I think, where people become 100% bad or 100% good. And there's no sort of equivalence in the middle. Now, Cuomo is 100% in the wrong, absolutely, in, in what he did, in the way he ran his office. And it wasn't just a sexual harassment and the coming after people who reported him and, and the vindictiveness. He was also a thug and a bully to men who worked for him as well. But so we'd say, you know, he has, he, as a governor, he was not his father. He wasn't close because nobody ever accused his father of that kind of behavior. Um, and his father was no no shrinking violet. But I think that it, he was a good governor. And some of the irony is that and, and this thing where he partnered with me two times up to introduce sexual harassment laws. And yet, you know, New York was to the fore of this, in, as I said, in going into partnership and, and the, the times up women have now had to resign. And I think deservedly so, because the, the, the leaders uh, well, you know, they went into a partnership with Cuomo and then they ended up becoming sort of PR agents for him. And, and, you know, the whole thing just became really unseemly. So Roberta Kaplan, who was one of the founders, resigned on Monday and Tina Chen is still there, but I suspect she won't be there for much longer. But they, as, as the leaders and founders of Time's Up, basically, as I said, went on a defensive PR campaign for Cuomo against accusations of harassment. So the whole thing, like New York, it it was such a mishmash because they had advised him on these laws. They decided they were going to stay on side with him. And it's a real example of the kind of nuance in this story where the women who were ostensibly the champions of women who had been sexually harassed and abused in the workplace, were now siding, had switched sides to Cuomo's side to try and help him defend his case. And Unbelievable. They, you know, yeah, and at one point they wrote a, an op-ed for him, defending him against the allegations by Lindsay Boylan, whose allegations were completely credible. All of the women's allegations were credible. So, you know, you've got Andrew Cuomo did not operate in a vacuum. You know, he had, he's, and we spoke about him last week, he had all his male enforcers, all the macho, the made men mm. of Albany, basically, who, who were kind of surrounding and protecting him. He also had women surrounding him and protecting him. And it's, you know, so th- there, there is a really, you know, the whole Cuomo saga is so unsavory. And, and to me, when, you know, women who are ostensibly champions of, of the women who are oppressed end up switching sides and they, they, they said that they wanted to, they needed to basically be cozy with powerful people because that's the only way change came about. Well, that's just not true. Mm. You know, I mean, like there was a, there was a ground up movement um, with, with these, with people, you know, victims, women who had been like constantly harassed and bullied and sexually harassed in work. And, and so the, the arrogance of Roberta Kaplan and Tina Chen to say, oh, well, you know, basically we have to, we have to work with the powerful people because if we really want change, you got to cozy up to guys like Andrew Cuomo. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of bizarre to me, but I sort of digress there. So anyway, he's gone. Well, he's not gone yet. He will be gone. Yeah, um, there's 14 days is the, is the time he's given himself. I want to read this out before we go any further. He said, I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to government. My resignation will be effective in 14 days. I'm, and this is the apology that I want to ask you about. Like, I, I love dissecting apologies because there's so many half-assed, you know, qualified mm-hmm. apologies that really just don't fly with me. And it still amazes me that they still get rolled out. He went for the version of I'm deeply, 
deeply apologize if I offended. You know, that apology says wow. to any women yeah. who may have been offended by his actions. Like, it's like if there's any, you know, little flowers out there that were somehow offended. I've been too familiar with people, he said. I do hug and kiss people casually, women and men. I've done it all my life. In my mind, I've never crossed the line. So fully saying, I don't think I did yeah. anything wrong. And then the final yeah. gut punch. But I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn, meaning that the world's gone mad, right? Am I, am I wrong in... Yeah. Pulling the same I, thing apart in the I, way I have? That analysis of his apology, as he said, when people say, I apologize if I offend you, what they're really saying is, I'm sorry you're such a wimp. You know, I mean, that, that's really what people are saying <laughs> when they say that. Because, because that is not an apology. They're basically saying, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, you're this little shrinking violet. Yeah, sorry as you said, you're a cupcake. Yeah, sorry you're such a little wimpy. And then the other, like, the line had changed. And what was the other bit there? There was another bit that... that um, oh, that yeah, you, that I, I kiss and hug women all the time. And I've done it all my life. In my mind, I've never in, crossed yeah. the line. And this is the thing, again, that it's almost like it's what's in his mind that counts. And, you know, th that, the arrogance of that, in my mind, I've done nothing wrong. And, you know, tough look if you think I have. But also this equation, the equating of kissing and hugging people all your life and sexually harassing people and the way that so many men try to fudge those two and, you know, go, oh, I was just being friendly. I was just being whatever. I was just giving you a hug. You know, I mean, the thing is, I think it's a bit like a joke. A joke is to me only offensive if somebody's offended. You know, I mean, and like, so really, and it's not, and a lot of jokes that maybe could be offensive if people aren't offended, you know, well, then I think, okay. And, and, but I think if, if you are, hugging and kissing and groping women and they are not welcoming it then that's not you, you can't equate that with hugging your mother mm. or hugging your daughter or hugging whatever it's it, you are making these women feel ill at ease feel weak feel exploited and then when they try to complain and this is the key you know if his mother i suggest who he likes to talk about a lot uh, complained about him hugging her i don't think he'd embark on a campaign of retaliation yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and this is the thing that he did. He retaliated against these women. So there you have it. That's your taste of the Irishman in America for this week with Marion McKeown. Come on over and hear the rest of the conversation by becoming a member at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and enjoy all these conversations in full, including our feature interview every Sunday and our back catalogue of nearly eight years of interviews at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.